Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. You may have waited your whole life to become a dad, or it's just something you've thought about for the last nine months. But the days come when you become a father. There's so much emotion and lack of sleep those first few weeks. Concern for your baby, concern for your partner, and as men, it's easy to stuff those sad feelings away to be able to support everyone else. Did you know that men can suffer from postpartum depression too? What are the signs? How do you seek help? I'm Dr. Danny Singley, psychologist and dad educator, and this is Parent Savers, episode 25. Faster than a speeding toddler. Sit still for just a minute. Can soothe boo-boos with a gentle kiss. Did you get down from there? Able to clean poopy bottoms in a single swipe. Oh, what did you eat? Turning frazzled mommies and daddies into procreators of peace and harmony. Ah, quit touching me. It's Parent Savers, empowering new parents everywhere. Welcome to Parent Savers, broadcasting from the Birth Education Center of San Diego. I'm your host, Casey Wilt. You can now download our free app, so check it out. It's on your smartphone or your tablet. Also, another way to get great parenting information is to subscribe to the Parent Savers newsletter with behind-the-scenes content from our show with all the latest and greatest updates. View our website, parentsavers.com, for more info. And we want you guys to be a part of the show. Did you know you can email one of our experts directly and ask parenting questions? Or if you have a question in an episode that we didn't answer, send it in. We have so many great and knowledgeable experts partnering with us to get your parenting questions answered answered. So you can send us an email and you can call our hotline and we'll get them answered. So I am a new parent myself. My son Carson is now 22 months old and I'm joined by three new parents in the studio. One happens to be um, the father of my son and, <laughs> and my husband. It's your baby's daddy. And the baby daddy. Um, so if he says his, he has a son named Carson, it is the same son. Um, my, my husband, Jonathan, why don't you start first? Hi, my name is Jonathan Wilt. I am 37. I'm a business director for a DOD company. And, of course, we have one child who's a boy who's 22 months old named Carson. Oh, funny. <laughs> I do, too. Hi, I am uh, Mark Granallo. I'm 32. I have, uh, I'm a computer programmer. I have a, a daughter who's 10 and a half months old named Lily. And uh, my name is Sunny Galt. Um, I am the host and producer of Parent Saver Sister show, Preggy Pals. And um, I have two little boys. Um, one is just a little bit over two years old, and one is almost five months old. And um, hopefully more in the future. We'll see. Five months? <laughs> yeah, I can't yesterday. believe that. Oh my gosh. No, it's time to have another baby. What are you talking about? I do jump on that bandwagon. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Hey, Parent Savers, it's Dwayne Richards from the blog Daddy Doing Work, which is all about being a new dad. Every now and then I'll come on and talk about some daddy topics. So today we're talking about the things that I am just 
terrible at now that I'm a dad. Everyone loses skills when they get older. You know, you might not be as athletic or you might not be as smart as you thought you were, you know, but I'm telling you, some of my skills in some areas are just eroded in ways that I never thought they would erode. Like, for example, I used to model back in the day, believe it or not. I used to. And living in Los Angeles, image is everything. But now that I have a kid, I just don't care. Like, I'm a grown man who walks outside wearing Crocs. I mean, who does that? I'm all about energy conservation. Cooking, I used to throw down in the kitchen. I used to be the best cook ever, at least I thought so. But now my wife literally cringes when I go in the kitchen to make dinner for the family. You will have bloating for days if you eat one of my meals. I used to be a good basketball player. I played basketball in college. And now there are kids, like these five, six kids, these like high school kids who run circles around me because I just can't play anymore. I just cannot keep up. But I know that all that stuff doesn't really matter because being a dad is one thing I'm pretty darn good at. So I got to give myself props for that. So thank you so much for listening. If you have an idea for a parenting topic, please email me at daddydoingwork.com or visit my Facebook page. Thanks a lot, and I'll see you next time. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Today on Parent Savers, we have Dr. Danny Singley, psychologist and director of basic training for new dads, here with us to talk about paternal postpartum depression. So, Danny, what is paternal postpartum depression and how does it differ from maternal? postpartum depression. And while we're on the topic, there's a lot of but so excuse us if we uh, fumble over it. That's right. That's right. We can go with uh, PPPD. <laughs> yeah, that sounds good. PPPD. So. That's a mouthful. Maybe that's why nobody talks about it is because it's such a mouthful. <laughs> right. Well, what's the difference between paternal PPD and maternal PPD? Well, as you would expect, paternal uh, postpartum depression is experienced by, wait for it, the fathers. Ah. And uh, it's, it's, it's gained a bit more traction recently in, uh, in, in popular media, along with the expectation that, that fathers are much more involved, even very early after birth. Along with that has come the awareness that they can also have some of the same psychiatric issues that moms have as well. I don't think that the phenomenon is new. I think that awareness of it is new. And so I'm happy to be on the show to uh, to talk about it. Well, with maternal postpartum depression, we have hormones and everything. What's the guys? Do they have hormones too? Indeed. Indeed we do. Uh, <laughs> I could say much more about that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it, it's, a, it's a good question that you're asking. L let me back up and say um, the difference typically between maternal and paternal postpartum depression is in the way that it's expressed in terms of, um, so if you, you know, close your eyes and imagine someone experiencing postpartum depression, you, you're likely to imagine a woman who is experiencing hopelessness and sadness, maybe you know crying or, or things like that. Whereas um, typical male way of expressing postpartum depression, um, on the one hand, it tends to develop later. Like the diagnostic criteria for uh, depression with postpartum onset, it requires that it happens within four weeks after birth. Whereas the research shows that men typically 
it, it won't manifest as quickly after birth, but then uh, levels of depression will increase throughout the year. So there's part part of it is a diagnostic issue. It's harder to diagnose it for men. And I was I think I was reading that the highest prevalence is of you know after four weeks Indeed. onset. Well, we were joking. It's because when you have to go to back to work. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exa- exactly right. Um, whereas men, then when they experience it or express it. Typically, men have had less practice at actually putting their feelings out there. First of all, realizing them and then expressing them, let alone expressing them to somebody else. So when men do experience postpartum depression, it tends to be much more, um, they'll have a sense of anxiety that goes along with it. They'll be irritable, frustrated. They may be more aggressive than usual, withdrawn, um, not taking pleasure in the things that they used to do. So not really outward expressions of sadness. That's, that's the big difference for people to understand between maternal and paternal postpartum depression. And are we talking, are, are these people that are, is there a higher incidence of them being depressed prior to the, are, are they are they are predisposed to being depressed? Like they've experienced depression early on? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. In fact, three of the, the biggest risk factors for men to develop a postpartum depression are one, naturally, is a history of psychiatric disorders, or a history of depression, some sort of uh, mood disorder. Uh, the other big risk factor is maternal postpartum depression. So if, if a mother experiences PPD, it, the, the likelihood that the partner is going to develop PPD goes up by something like, you know, 50%. Another one is any other uh, comorbid psychiatric condition. So if the dad already has, let's say, an anxiety disorder or, a, you know, something else going on, OCD like this, um, more likely to develop depression. You'd asked about hormones. Mm-hmm. So yeah, let's, let's come back to it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so there are scads of research studies that have been conducted over you know the last 50 years that look at what are the causes and correlates of maternal postpartum depression, a lot of which um, has looked at uh, the endocrine system, hormones, how, how, do they, how do they relate to the experience of depression. There has been very little on fathers. And it, it's funny because I, I know certainly I wasn't thinking along these lines you don't tend to think about dads having hormonal changes that are associated with pregnancy and birth because, you know, intuitively it's a biological thing. It's happening inside the mom. She's got the ones, you know, she's got the systems that are all in flux and, and, um, but dads do gain baby weight. We do. (laughs) So it's like, so it's kind of a sympathetic hormonal response. No, but we do. It's interestingly, um, what we've seen is that, uh, testosterone levels through pregnancy and then, you know, year or so postpartum, testosterone levels go down, which makes sense because it's less aggression. Um, They're going to be more able to concentrate, stronger attachment. Men's estrogen increases. I know nobody wants to hear that, but it's true. There's a a concomitant um, decrease in estrogen levels while testosterone, uh, estrogen goes up while testosterone is going down. Um, another important hormone is prolactin, which is critical for developing and maintaining uh, parental caregiving uh, behaviors in men. And it rises steadily beginning in the third trimester and stays that way through the end of the baby's life. So so not only do men have a hormonal response. So that's when they become sensitive? Is that the that's sensitive, right. that's sensitive <laughs> hormone? Well, if you think about it, I mean, we're evolutionary. We're, we're designed to have successful little genetic suitcases that live to sexual maturity and then have their own. I don't mean to break it down, you know, we, all, we, love our, we love our babies and all, but it makes perfect sense that our, that our hormonal systems would, would support that. If, if you think about it, then if one of those hormonal systems gets off, in other words, testosterone 
doesn't go down, estrogen doesn't go up, the prolactin doesn't kick in, then it could be, this is total speculation, there's no no research to support this, but it's possible that then the father wouldn't be as engaged, might be more likely to develop uh, postpartum depression. Hmm. I mean, so is engagement, that that's one of the uh, factors or one of the triggers or, I mean, uh, one of the, uh, what, do you, what do you say, things that gives it away, like yeah. the, the level of engagement with the child? It is. It is. As, as well as with, with the partner. Uh, I mean, it's sort of, if you come from a, a whole family wellness perspective, you got to look at at, uh, at the system, at, at mom, at dad, at baby. Now, I know a lot of dads. Not my husband whatsoever, because he's a fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk after the show. I know. <laughs> Actually, no, seriously though. But um, I know a lot of dads that go. I can count how many diapers I've changed on one hand. You know, and and you know, second, third, crying here. Pass it, and well, that that all dads do. They're like, I can't help you here. The mommy can help you. They must be hungry. Yeah. yeah, that's always baby's hungry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, baby's Whatever. hungry. Everything's baby's that's hungry. That's a cop out. <laughs> Thank hungry. you, Danny. Thank you. Dad up, you guys. <laughs> when he's twenty-one, I'll get him the deer. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a lot of dads out there who just shut off and say, you know, I don't do diapers. I don't do. I'll t- I'll handle them when they're older. Is that actually a lack of engagement, or them just, you know? being lack of engagement because they're that type of guy. It's oftentimes due to a lack of modeling. One of the one of the kind of head fakes that gets new dads is they're aware that there's this expectation that they're supposed to be much more involved with infants with brand new babies, but they don't know how. Nobody ever showed them how. They don't have uh, solid models to show them that they've, you know, oftentimes their dads weren't that way. If you look at popular media, the big thing is the bumbling dad that's, you know, not engaged and then, you know, hands the kid off to mom if he's around or just, or just isn't there. So that's one point that's critically important. Another one, not to throw you under the bus, Jonathan, but this whole, but this whole thing about, you know, hey, I'll come back when you're 21 and I can give you a beer. It's, it's, it's an example of a typical mindset where folks will say, you know, parenting of an infant is mothering. And it's pervasive. It's out there. I mean, people think if you think about care for a little baby, babies with mom and dads, in fact, it can contribute to a sense of depression or sadness where dads oftentimes don't see this coming during the pregnancy where um, the infant is born and they feel helpless and they see mom, you know, providing and nursing and all this and they don't feel as connected to baby. They have it in their mind that she's really the only one that's interacting with the baby. She's the one that's getting connected to and attached to babies. And dads don't understand really what's going on on a neurological level for babies. They're doing a lot in terms of searching the world. They're looking for faces. They're trying. They're built to bond and connect. And they can do that with dad every bit as easily as they can do with mom. But dads will often get caught in this. I feel like I'm out of the loop. And you can get right in there, particularly if mom is behind that. Mom's like, you know, hold, soothe, change, and that's where the bonding starts. The concept of paternal postpartum depression, when I, when I was thinking about it, was I always kind of thought, like, maybe it's every dad kind of experiences a loss of freedom when the baby shows up that they might not be expecting, mm-hmm. first-time dads. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, well, maybe it's just they're sad about that, and then it builds. Yeah. You know, like, like that, that, that's what triggers it, and it kind of goes on. You know, is that part of the thing? Like, is that a way that triggers 
postpartum depression? Is that part of it? Is that, you know, is that related at all to that? Or is that just something that every dad experiences? Maybe not every dad, but, you know, most. Mm -hmm. I, I would say virtually every dad does experience a role transition. Right. You can't not because you go from, you know, it's just the two of us, as you said, with, right. with first time dads. And then there's this, you know, assuming that we're talking about a traditional family structure where it's mom and dad and, right. then, and then baby. And there's for any adjustment in life, there's some amount of, of adjustment stress. It doesn't have to be a lot, but in the process of, of adjusting to that role, yeah, people look back and you know, you know, I used to, we were talking about surfing earlier. I used to be able to just wait for conditions when it was perfect. I could drive up, I could drive up and down the coast, and now it's like, you know what? I'm I'm surfing at five fifteen in the morning, and I could. I mean, it, it sounds trivial, but if you're a surfer, it's not. Um, I used to be able to do that, and part of my role now is, yeah, I can do it, but it looks different, and yeah, it would be great to wait until it's epic, but you know. Now it's more of a mission. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you have an objective, and you have a time frame. That's exactly. it. Exactly. Uh, but what I would say, the trick is for adjusting to that role, and that men are typically terrible at doing, is attracting support and communicating. And critically, if you think about it, with maternal postpartum depression being as, as highly correlated with paternal postpartum depression, it suggests that the, the father is very attuned to mom. And so conversely, if he doesn't feel like he's getting much support from mom as a parent, right. th that, can, that can drive paternal postpartum depression. On the other side of it, if he is getting a lot of support from her, then it could turn it around and that can help him with the adjustment to the role. As this kind of happens, you know, can it come and go after the baby's born for the men? And then if it does, I mean, how long may it last? Till they're 18? <laughs> it's, it, it's a very good question. And I would, my guess is that if there isn't an existing history of other psychiatric disorders, particularly depression, that the the adjustment stress and other you know and other factors the role change and the, the change in social support and your schedule um, would most likely localize it to within the year after after birth if you don't already have an existing history typically I wouldn't expect it to you know hang around forever the the typically things that trigger it are likely to stabilize or, or even change as the baby develops and you know, your lives shift to the new expanded family. How do you recognize the signs that your husband or you, if you're the dad, have postpartum depression? So there's, you know, there's the actual diagnostic criteria, which I think are, are, are not all entirely appropriate to men's postpartum depression. The, there's, this, there's this term out there in uh, you know, popular psychology, which is alexithymia. Say it with me now. Alexithymia. Alexithymia. And the idea is that it's the phenomenon by which men not only don't express their feelings, but are oftentimes unaware of them. And the trick is for the dad to actually be aware, hey, all of a sudden, I'm not taking as much joy in what I used to be. Or, you know what? I'm actually grieving the loss of what my life used to be like, or I'm a lot crankier than I had been in the past. And it can be very confusing for mom in the picture when all of a sudden, like, what's going on? Like, I'm already, I'm working on my own stuff. And 
all of a sudden dad starts kind of going a little haywire in a way. He, there's something off about him, you know, what's going on. And oftentimes moms will take it personally as opposed to, wait a sec, there's something going on and I can, I can be part of the solution here. And it's recognizing within oneself, the guy, which rarely happens unless it really gets to a place where they're not just anxious and irritable. They're, you know, they're vegetative. They don't want to leave the couch. They don't want to go to work. And, and when it gets that bad, then typically it'll snap to and say, okay, something's going on here. Um, but it, having mom understanding that it can play out and it plays out differently and not taking it personally. But dads never want to, even if you do recognize it in that situation, mom is stressed. Mom has hardly any time. Your typical dad who's in like, I got to provide mode. He's not going to come to her and say, I got issues. It, it, it doesn't happen all that often. But when it does, mom's in a key role to be able to, to be supportive and to communicate with him and to get him to, there are a lot of things you can do to seek help. What can moms do if they start to see some of these signs? What's a good way to approach it? And I know every guy is different, mm-hmm. but if you're starting to see this in your spouse, I would imagine a lot of women would want to help. What's a good way for a woman to approach that from a, from a man's point of view? Well, to provide support in two ways. One is inside the marriage, inside the relationship. And that can look different. That, you know, that can be, we have some sofa time where we sit and talk for like, you know, 15, 20 minutes and we don't talk about baby stuff. We talk about us and like, how are you doing? And uh, it doesn't have to be a, you know, cry fest by any means, but it it should be checking in and then asking, hey, I know that you want to take care of me and you want to provide, but I also want to do that for you. What can I do? And so I talked earlier about dad's mom's being very, you know, prescriptive and specific about how dad can be supportive of baby doing the same thing with themselves and saying, hey, how can I be supportive to you? What, it, what specifically can I do? And so that's within the relationship. Another thing is everybody needs me time, but it feels like a want to instead of a have to, but adjustment stress, it, you can manage it very, very well by getting support. And so for guys, it, it can be mom saying, listen, you haven't gone and hung out with Larry for a while take a Sunday afternoon and go do that and I will be fine. And then, you know, a lot of times dads are like, no, I, I don't want to do that. That's not fair. And you spend all day, but having mom really do the social chair role and say, you know, get out there and, and you're going to come back more refreshed, better into the relationship. Great. Thank you so much. We'll talk about ways to reach out and get help when we return. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive help supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. We're back with Dr. Danny Singley, psychologist and director of basic training for new dads. And we're here talking about paternal postpartum depression. So, Dr. Danny, how do you know when to get help when you're a dad? Oftentimes, it's because things have gotten to the point where the father or the mother, somebody has noticed that they've gotten overwhelmed and are basically miserable beyond what it is you would expect from the typical, okay, you know, I know it's going to be hard in those first few months. Oftentimes it's, and it's going on for longer than anticipated. Um, I would, I would also say that um, listening for sort of between the lines 
from friends. They may, you know, they may not say, dude, I think you're depressed, but they may be like, hey, man, we haven't seen you around very much. And on the one hand, it's easy to say, oh, it's because, you know, I got a kid and this and that. But on the other, it can also be like, because you're, you're isolating. It's like, I feel bad about myself. I don't think I'm a good father. I don't think I'm doing well at this parenting thing. And so I project and assume other people will be doing it as well. Um, th- there are a number of different ways to determine or, you know, how would I notice it? Um, and w- w- let me first back up and say, um, one of the reasons why postpartum depression in men is now coming on radar is it's getting attention as something which causes negative outcomes long-term for dad, for mom, and, and for baby. And, and for baby, these things include um, an insecure attachment style, so the baby doesn't take as much comfort, isn't, isn't able to bond as well, and for the kids to have both emotional and, and behavior issues. Within the relationship, there's, there's an increased amount of uh, parental conflict, decreased support, as I already mentioned. Um, but the question is how? You know, folks will say, you know, postpartum depression relates to these other things. And so um, what I do is I, I, I put together a, a quick graph that shows one way where having postpartum depression can result in negative child outcomes. And we'll post this on parentsavers.com. Yeah. And um, uh, this is actually part of a research program that I'm working on right now. And believe it or not, this is the pared down version. Hmm. Um, but just going left to right on it, essentially, you're starting with paternal inputs, you know, what are demographic characteristics, things that dad has going on, um, one of which in this case is postpartum depression. You can see it's uh, duly related first to support, social support from partner and family and friends, um, but then also translates to uh, efficacy perceptions. Efficacy just means confidence. And so the partner's other efficacy means the extent to which I'm confident in you being a father of an infant, my self-efficacy is the extent to which I have confidence in myself. And both of those are very important as, as drivers to what dad does and doesn't do, how much he really gets in the mix with the infant. That sense of confidence then drives, and in this, I'm using a social cognitive approach to this nerdy research <laughs> thing, um, but you know, performance domains in this case are, how am I, you know, air quotes, performing as a partner co-parenting of an infant as well as being directly involved with that infant and it's that involvement with partner and with baby which then drives to my way of thinking these outcomes and the outcomes are first like i said the the paternal ones how's my relationship satisfaction um how satisfied am i with myself as a parent generally what's my overall level of psychological well-being which then relate to child outcomes and there's a lot more to it this certainly isn't some explanatory model grand unified model of everything there's a biology and a whole lot of social stuff in there um but to me this is a useful way to say okay if i recognize that i have some postpartum depression going on what does that mean in terms of what I'm doing, how I'm feeling, what I'm, what I'm thinking? So you've reached the point where somebody has realized, whether it being you or your partner, something is not right. Something is, uh, is definitely off. Um, what are some, sta- uh, some steps to take uh, to once you've realized that you have paternal postpartum depression? Well, as I say, I feel like a broken record on this one, but it's because it, it keeps coming up. The first line is always social support. Yeah. And, and you might also realize there may have been some, some negative behaviors that are creeping in that maybe you didn't used to do. You might be 
drinking or starting to use drugs or staying away from the house longer or, or other things along those unhealthy ways to cope with that stress. So support number one. But there are also a variety of, uh, of other approaches to take, one of which involves go get some counseling, go and talk with someone. There are, there are very well-validated approaches to treatment with postpartum depression for women as well as for men. And there's always the medication option as well, which carries with it a stigma. And, you know, typically the same guy that's okay with getting the cast on his leg doesn't want to go get on medication because, you know, it's not okay to have that. But going and getting a psychiatric evaluation as well. You talked about counseling and everything. I mean, I guess, how do you seek one out? Do you go find, you know... You go to your doctor and have someone refer you to one, or well, this 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 gets at I think a bigger question, um, which is paternal postpartum depression. Even for uh, mental health professionals, isn't entirely on radar. A little bit of a tangent, but I think it's important. The level of divorce in the country being you know at or around fifty percent, and the amount of stress that typically comes immediately after baby, to me. I think that oftentimes women are screened. They'll they'll give them like a quick depression, like you fill out your paperwork and thing, and it's like, how are you know, are you are you crying? Right. (laughs) I think it would be much more responsible to have dads do that. But dad isn't the patient. But if we want to take a whole family reproductive wellness approach, you're gonna screen dad as well because if mom is okay, dad's depressed. There are still those. Then ne- mom becomes outcomes. depressed because you said when one's depressed, other yeah. depressed. Yeah, well, typically, it's so far in the literature, it's mostly when mom's depressed, it drives dad. But exactly what you're saying, when when dad gets really spun out, it's going gonna, it's gonna to impact mom, mom as well. If mama ain't happy, yeah. ain't no one happy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's absolutely true. And so um, typically what happens is folks will go to their primary care person and say, you know, I'm... I don't know. I don't have as much pep in my step or, you know, communicate in a way like that the way that guys would. Some of them may just come up and say, I feel depressed. Mm -hmm. And um, depending on the doctor, how they do it a lot, they may just say, hey, you know, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to give you a prescription or they may refer them to a psychiatrist. We as parent savers, we can reach out to you. So if you're a listener, feel free to send us an email and you can email Dr. Danny Singley directly. And you actually have some comments that people have um, written you. So tell us about that. One quote that's relevant to the the support piece, a patient of mine said, my wife and I support each other, but with no extended family, the schedule's relentless. Weeks and months just barrel by and all you can do is just try to keep your head above water. It kind of sucks, but then again, it could be a whole lot worse and I should just be thankful for what I have. And so to tease that apart a little bit is one, I'm having, I'm having trouble keeping up and I don't have as much support as I'm hoping for. But that part at the end, it could be a whole lot worse. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. fine. That's true. But you can hear the discounting start yeah it's i don't really feel entitled i'm comparing this to some other sort of catastrophic situation like i don't have the right to be upset about that correct and that and that mindset is very it's a very common way that men will discount and not feel entitled to hey this is actually really really difficult for me i think for guys you know we're looking for a a sense of being content yeah you know in the whole process Mm -hmm. so we're, we're not involved for the first nine months and then when the baby comes out there's still that disconnect we're trying to get connected and then as the schedule start and you start getting in with the feedings and, you know, and then you got to go to work and the mom, maybe the mom goes back to work. And mm-hmm. as, as your patient said here, they have no support. 
And she's like, well, it could be a lot worse. We could be living, you know, somewhere else. We could have mm-hmm, no money. Mm-hmm. We could be homeless. We could have no food, you know. So there is a level. Like The guy's like, look, I'm providing. There's a sense of contentment here. Mm-hmm. So maybe she's just thinking, hey, you know, this could be a whole lot worse. You know, there is a whole... Yeah. Whole, whole, many other things can be wrong. We can be unhealthy or have a disease, right? So it's that, true. That, that, On the that, physical. Yeah, it's so true. you start triggering down like all that mm-hmm. negative checklist. Well, at least we're at this level, right? So Absolutely. absolutely. Do you have one more you want to share? I do. I do. This one speaks to the, the fairly common experience of new dads feeling like I'm not as attached to my infant, particularly right after birth. And so, um, so what he said was, the only drawback has, has been with trying to find the time to do anything selfish for yourself. It's now all about the kid, which I'm totally fine with. In the beginning, it was tough to mentally and emotionally connect with him since he didn't really communicate or interact. Since guys don't have the same bond with baby like the mother does since we didn't carry him or her for the last nine months, I can see and understand a feeling of being left out or uninvolved in the growth and process. I was able to power through and look towards the eventual goal of chasing him around the house, the airport, the mall, the park, etc. So again, since you're already under the bus, because I threw you there, <laughs> there, there are these two statements, one of which you just said, which was, you know, I wasn't involved for nine months. And I would say that, in fact, you are. You're not just indirectly via mom, but baby is in utero hearing your voice. When that baby's born, from the get-go, they will recognize dad's voice if you're around and hearing you talking. And they have these studies where they'll show these, you know, brand newborns that hear dad's voice. They're significantly more likely to turn and look at dad. And so I would say you are involved in, in, in those first nine months. But this question about the bond, if dads want to wait until there's that gross motor activity that guys like so much, you're missing out on some early bonding. It's important to realize that bonding isn't some physical thing that, that that you can see. Bonding is, at one level, the baby is having a neurological response to her or his environment, and she's set up to look for you and to be interested and to sort of, you know, making eye contact is bonding. It's not just, you know, hey, high five me. By by any stretch, and but so that's that, a good one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that but that sentiment was doesn't interact, doesn't communicate. Is I think one of the big drivers for dads in that very very early postpartum stage where they feel left out and they don't feel connected to the baby. It's because they don't realize how hard the baby is actually working to connect and to have that relationship. And it kind of ties in. I mean, it, it ties around with things are at their hardest. The baby's there. Mm-hmm. They have the new baby. If the mother is feeling some depression, then suddenly, you know, that you can see how it all kind of ties together oh, to yeah. create a thing, an environment in which would foster the depression in the dad. Absolutely. Well, and it's funny. We know our son is 22 months old. And it's so funny when when I'm home and dad is home, he is a very well behaved boy. Mm-hmm. He's content in his life. He's happy. He he's feels safe. But then when. Um, my husband goes to work and everything he, he'll get out of control he'll do this and I notice such a difference mm-hmm. when our family unit is together mm-hmm. that our child flourishes when mm-hmm. we're all together so thank you so much Dr. Danny Singley um, for helping us learn about paternal postpartum depression and get the right care so if you want more information on Dr. Singley go to today's show on our episodes page and if you want to send him a comment or a question you can send it there or send us our email or you can visit his uh, website newdadsclass.com Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? 
That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Before we wrap up today's show, here's Detective Damian Jackson with some great tips on protecting your children. Hey, Parent Savers, this is Detective Damian Jackson with the Escondido Police Department's Family Protection Unit and the Internet Crimes Against Children Task Force here in San Diego, California. As part of the Escondido Police Department's ongoing series of community outreach education to help families enhance their personal safety, I'm here today to talk to you about what I call Facebook floaters. In one of our previous segments, I talked about how unfiltered Facebook settings will make your personal information available to any stranger on the Internet. Very bad news indeed. Well, now that you've taken that advice and cleaned up your settings so that only those on your friend list can see your information, let's talk about another issue to address. Those people on your friend list that I refer to as the Facebook floaters. What is a Facebook floater? Let's dig into it. Amassing a huge number of friends on Facebook is very important if we're talking about a page for your business, or for our police department, for example. This is a good thing, as you want to get the word out and gain as many followers as you can to promote your business or the services you provide to the community. However, Facebook for business and Facebook for personal use are two very different animals. For a business page, you're not going to include your personal information or pictures of your family. For your personal page, you probably will include these things. My suggestion is this. Look at all of the people on your friend list and go through each one individually. As you pull up each person, ask yourself, what exactly is my relationship with this person? And how comfortable am I having this person knowing all of the same information that I would share with an immediate family member? You might be surprised how many people are on that list that you either don't really know at all and have never even met in person, or that you haven't even seen them in 20 years. Again, if it's someone you've never met in person, How comfortable are you really in sharing your personal information with them? Removing them from your list is really no loss at all, and it protects you and your family members all the much more. For more information on how you can keep your family safe, visit us on Facebook or Twitter at forward slash Escondido Police. With the Escondido Police Department and the San Diego Internet Crimes Against Children Task Force, I'm Detective Damian Jackson reminding you and your family to be smart and be safe. That wraps up today's show. We'd love to hear from you. If you have a question for our expert about today's show or the topics we discussed, call our Parent Savers hotline at 619-866-4775 or send us an email through our website, parentsavers.com or Facebook page, and we'll answer your question in an upcoming episode. Thanks for listening to Parent Savers, empowering new parents everywhere. This has been a new mommy media production. The information and material contained in this episode are presented for educational purposes only. Statements and opinions expressed in this episode are not necessarily those of New Mommy Media and should not be considered facts. While such information and materials are believed to be accurate, it is not intended to replace or substitute for professional medical advice or care and should not be used for diagnosing or treating healthcare problem or disease or prescribing any medication. If you have questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the health of your baby, please seek assistance from a qualified healthcare provider. 
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, mamas. Don't forget to check out Mighty Moms. It's our online community built for new moms just like you. Not only can you connect with other moms, but you can also join us backstage for special mom-only online events. And you'll also be notified when we're recording so you can join us as a special guest. Visit our website, newmommymedia.com, and click on the Mighty Moms banner. It's free. That's newmommymedia.com. See you there.